Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. Some of you may be old enough like me to have sat in front of your console television set on the night of February 22nd, 1980, and to witness the miracle on ice. I suspect many others of you have seen the more recent film depicting this same event, cleverly titled Miracle. It's about that Olympic victory at the height of the Cold War from that scrappy group of amateur hockey players on the U.S. men's team that defeated the professional four-time gold medal winning Soviet powerhouse team. It's one of the most inspirational and feel-good moments of our American history and culture, and whether you watched it live or tears came to your eyes at the end of the film, I know you'll understand in your heart why this event was called a miracle. Only here's the thing. It wasn't. It wasn't a miracle. Not at all. It's okay, though. Stay with me. There's always good news. I've talked about this before. Our culture has a tendency to take the word miracle and generously sprinkle it across a whole range of important, astonishing, even life-changing events, all of which are absolutely incredible and none of which are miracles. Let me read for you a definition, and it's not from Scripture. It's from the Oxford Dictionary. Miracle, a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws, and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. Today we get to hear about a true miracle, a real miracle, just as it is defined, and the divine agent, of course, is Jesus. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, divine agent. Yeah, that works. There are 37 recorded miracles performed by Jesus across the four Gospels. 37. And may I remind you that all four Gospel writers had a very different strategy and audience in mind with their versions of the good news. So it's interesting to note that of the 37 recorded miracles across the Gospels, John only mentions eight. Eight. And importantly, John is the only gospel writer to share the story we hear this morning of the first miracle at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was going to write a gospel, I would get and only list eight of Jesus' miracles. I think I would be inclined to start with a really big one, at least as far as impact, one where there's lots and lots and lots of people involved with maximum effect, something these days that would be trending in fact, had I been one of those first five disciples with Jesus, right there with him that day, I might have suggested that he hold off and wait for that very same thing. That's not what happened, though. And that's not what we hear from John. Did you notice that John starts today by saying, on the third day? We know that Jesus was very intentional with his actions. So let's not gloss over those four words. Instead, Let's remember where else in our faith something miraculous happened on the third day. Now, as my sister would say, let's put a pin in that and hold it. On the third day, hold it. In this case, because Jewish weddings usually took place on a Wednesday, we can assume that this was the third day of the week today. Jesus is at a wedding with his friends 
and with his mom. And by the way, weddings are always best when Jesus is there. But this time, he's really physically there, a sandal-wearing guest. And I think that's wonderful. Back then, wedding celebrations lasted about a week. So the term open bar takes on a whole new meaning. And they ran out of wine. They ran out of wine. This would have been a massive social embarrassment for the whole family. So Mary is on deck, and she knows who to go to. They have no wine. Now, some of you may have muttered that at parties you've attended. But this is different. Mary knew exactly what she was saying, why she was saying it, and who she was saying it to. She was saying it to her son, Jesus, because Mary knew that Jesus was the Son of God. And his response? Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? Now, I know that sounds kind of harsh. It's rare that I address my wife Jennifer by saying, woman. (laughs) Some of you know Jennifer. So you know that by rare, I mean never. (laughs) However, Jesus isn't exactly using the tone that our modern ears imagine. Listen to the literal translation of this sentence. Ma'am, what do you and I have together? Well, we know the answer to that question. What they have together is God's work here on earth. Yes, Jesus says ma'am to his mother. And then like any good Jewish boy, he did exactly what his mother told him to do. However, and this is important, this moment also signifies a very subtle change in their relationship. Because as of today, Jesus is now publicly taking on his father's work. Jesus turned 180 gallons of water into wonderful wine. It was a lavish gift to this young couple, to their family, far more than could be consumed at this wedding. But it could be sold at high prices. It was a gift, and it was a miracle. Apparently, Jesus' first miracle, a blessing for one couple, a way for Jesus to bring them joy, a moment to solidify the disciples' belief in him, and an act of creation. You know, some people have a hard time with Jesus and his miracles. Maybe you are one of those persons. Maybe you're wondering, did Jesus actually change water into wine in an event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws? It's okay to wonder. And if you do, I invite you then to travel with me back to the very first 10 words in all of Scripture. And I quote, In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if that is true, and I believe that it is, then changing water into wine? Well, that's easy peasy. I think John, the gospel writer, actually wants us to remember that was the first miracle. Do you remember how his gospel begins? He goes back to Genesis, and I'll help. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. My friends, the word created all that is. That word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word died for you and for me. And on the third day, he rose again. By defying death, Jesus opened the gateway to God's grace, God's enduring love. We don't need 37 miracles. And I think John knew that. 
Here are the closing words of the Gospel of John, chapter 21. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Wow. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing, we have life in his name. There's your miracle. Thanks be to God. Amen.